And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the WILX Sports Blitz podcast. And joining me today, Natalie Kerwin is back. We are talking football, all sorts of football, from the big changes happening with the Detroit Lions. And then, hey, maybe there's a, a big game happening this weekend. Some might actually say it's superb. And <laughs> and that's a horrible, horrible, horrible joke there. I mean, it just needs the owl after that, and we'll be good. So, yeah, without further ado, Natalie, hey, how's it going? Hey, I am good, feeling good. Just had breakfast a little bit ago. Um, I'm ready for the day, I should say. Yeah, and for those of you listening, you'll be Friday or afterwards. We're recording this midday Thursday, and sounds like there's some things happening with winter sports, so you're about to have a very, very busy day. Luckily, well, the first sport for the state of Michigan is finally out of the way. Football has been wrapped up for just a little bit now, and when I say just a little bit, I mean it was. it's less than a month ago we were having playoff games because 2021 is just as wacky as 2020 right now. Yes. No, 100 percent. It it is very wacky. And for football to just wrap up, it's a little it's a little interesting, at least on the high school side of things that just wrapped up um, a couple weeks ago. And yeah, I mean, now NFL is coming to an end and it's it's sad because football is such an exciting time. and We were grateful to have it this year um, with all the craziness of the pandemic and the NFL was able to stay on course and do all their games and so with the Super Bowl this weekend it's kind of interesting to look back and say wow they actually got to got to complete everything I feel like that's like the only sport that's really gotten to start on time and is kind of finishing on time um, with the Super Bowl at the beginning of February like it usually is yeah they were not going to stop for anything and the Lions I mean they they did stop but that's because you know, all the other other teams have stopped by now outside of Tampa Bay and the Kansas City Chiefs Lions they they stopped themselves plenty shooting themselves in the foot there's some covid issues uh, coaching issues all that and we have talked a few times about what did we want to see happen with Matthew Stafford should he stay should he go should he be traded and we both agreed that it was probably best, at least for him as an individual, especially after all he's gone through in Detroit, to find a new home. And he has. He gets to head to the West Coast for no longer the St. Louis Rams, but now out in Los Angeles and enjoying that nice West Coast sunshine. And this is quite the deal. The Lions get a couple firsts. They get some later round picks as well. Uh, none of it this year. It's future assets. So... Maybe you might be rooting for the Rams to lose. Who knows? But from everything I've seen, this is a massive haul for a quarterback, Matthew Stafford, who isn't even the biggest guy available. Deshaun Watson's still out there, and yet the Lions got multiple firsts for Matt. Right. I know. And it kind of makes you think what it's going to take for a team to get Deshaun Watson um, with the talent that he has. And, you know, he's much younger than Matthew Stafford and maybe has a lot more life left in him. So it kind of makes you wonder what a team is going to sacrifice to get Deshaun Watson. But yes, uh, Stafford is heading to L.A., which to me was surprising. And when we talked last time, we were kind of thinking of potential landing spots for him and teams that need a quarterback. And Honestly, the Rams is not a team that I thought of, and I don't think a lot of other people thought of either. Um, I know we talked about the Colts in there. That sounded like a, you know, a likely spot for him with Phillip Rivers retiring. And the 49ers as well, that was a talk um, 
of, you know, a potential landing spot for him too, because I'm not sure how happy they are with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Um, so yeah, going to the Rams, um, it, I was kind of shocked, you know, I thought, gosh, they have Jared Goff, you know, it just wasn't something that I had thought of, but looking into it a little more, um, you know, there's been a lot of talks if the Lions got more out of it or if the Rams did, and there are so many mixed opinions out there. And for me, it's kind of hard to say what I think right now, because I mean, at least this year we get a third round pick from them this year, which is, which is fine. Um, And then in 2022, 2023, we get a first round pick, which sounds great. Look at, look at this massive haul that we just got just for trading away Matthew Stafford. We get Jared Goff and those three picks, but for me, I just it's hard to say yet who really wins out of this trade because they obviously in LA were willing to get rid of Jared Goff because they weren't seeing um, the progress and the team, you know, being where they want it to be with him, um, you know, under center. So they obviously see Matthew Stafford as an unbelievable asset, which of course, as a Lions fan, Jonathan, you and I, we both also see the raw talent that he has and. I just, it's hard to say right now. I don't want to go against the Lions, but I just feel like right now, maybe the Rams got the better of the trade, but in a few years, I hope to say that we did, but it'll all depend on how they play, right? That's, that's how it'll, you know, we'll get two first round picks in 2022 and 2023, but it's just going to depend on how the team plays. But at the same time, I want Matthew Stafford to do well. But as far as for the sake of the Lions, he can't do well. So it's kind of this mixed emotion. And I know I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but it's because I've really been looking into this on, I mean, who really got the better deal out of this? And I kind of want to ask what you think as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, from what I have seen reported out there, I don't think the Lions were going to get multiple firsts from any other team. It is interesting that they are future firsts in 22 and 23 so at that point you're hoping that well if you're a Lions fan you're probably hoping that both teams suck if we're going to be honest they (laughs) I think Jared Goff is was a requirement to be taken back by any team it there had been rumblings coming out of Los Angeles that the organization wasn't super happy with Jared Goff Jared Goff himself not the greatest year and it it's very interesting just looking at the stats both players they on and just a overall career comparison we're going to go per game they average golf is 22.3 stafford is 23.6 completions neck and neck right there attempts 35 for golf 37 for stafford 263 yards for golf 273 yards for stafford and looking at touchdowns it's a little under two touchdowns per game with a little under one interception per game so statistically these guys are very very similar and so i think that'll be very interesting to see what happens with this new staff from just that standpoint so it's interesting that I think the Lions got a little bit younger at quarterback with Jared Goff because I, I remember seeing Stafford, I believe it was the, would that have been the 2000, maybe the 2008-2009 Capital One Bowl when Michigan State played Georgia. And I saw Stafford take on Brian Hoyer, which this is a throwback for you Michigan State fans and Javon Reiner, and it didn't go well. It uh it was just a brutal game. I mean, I think it was like a 31-24, but it felt like Georgia was in command the whole way there, and the finish was disappointing. But the moral of the story is Stafford's been playing for over a decade here, and it's not gotten... It's not. There's been a few high-end playoff appearances, the 
40 touchdown season, things like that. But those have kind of been in the rear view for a while. So I think the Lions overall made out really well. They found a transition quarterback. They don't have to go out and sign and see if they want to get in the James Winston or or pick up one of those guys. They at least have a guy locked in who statistically looks like he's similar to Stafford. And I think they've got a coaching staff that looks good. So I think there could be some interesting things there. But I think Stafford is going to a great situation with uh, with Sean McVay. So I think the Lions, I think this is the rare win-win trade where if the Rams are as good as they hope to be with Stafford, those first round picks won't matter as much. They, they can maybe move some things around. I mean, it'll basically be if they are peak there, if they make another Super Bowl appearance, those are essentially an early second round pick. So if the talent's there for Stafford and the coaching staff, which I think it is, Sean McVay, I think is a very, very good young up and coming head coach who has his only season. He didn't have double digit wins was 2019 and they were nine and seven. Otherwise, they were first in the NFC East or second in the NFC East with pretty deep playoff runs. And I think this is going to be a really good fit for L.A. I think the Lions get a lot of assets. I don't think anyone else was willing to offer this for Stafford. Probably a lot of other teams were wanting to keep their powder dry. So I think this is the unusual win-win. And I think for the Lions, it could be an even better win if they truly embrace the rebuilding. And if Jared Goff completely blows up and throws a million interceptions and guarantees the number one pick that the Lions can use to get a quarterback next year. Yeah, I agree. I I kind of see Jared Goff almost this year as kind of a placeholder um, because, like you said, they are very similar, um, you know, statistically and just kind of as players. And I yeah, I think this will be a good test to see, um, you know, if he's put in a different system under different coaches, different management, different schemes, everything um, to see how he'll do. And yeah, I also agree that Stafford's getting put into a great situation in LA. He's got some good weapons with Cooper Cup, Tyler Higbee, um, in the running game, Cam Akers, and on defense, of course, Jalen Ramsey, arguably the best cornerback in the league. So I think he's being put into a great system. Um, and Sean McVay, of course, is a mastermind almost. If you've uh, if you've watched videos of him recite plays and games of him. Yeah, have you seen those before? Like where people will ask, "Do you remember that one game, week three, three years ago?" Oh, is it the Le- LeBron drive? thing with the eidetic memory, where he can just recall yes. it? Yes, uh, like he literally can recall, like just what he was saying, where he was on the sideline, who was in what spot. Like Sean McVay is a whiz when it comes to just like the analytics and the knowledge of just what he knows about the game and like his own games that he's coached. It's crazy. But I just, I, Sean McVay, of course, as a coach has so much potential and so many years left and just a lot of knowledge to share. And I think Stafford will thrive off of that because we can obviously see, um, you know, Matt Patricia was not working for anyone on the Lions. And another point to make too, is I don't know if you saw that this Jonathan, but Stafford had said, Um, when he was in talks with, you know, the Lions organization about potential trade destinations, he said, I will go anywhere but New England. And it's kind of interesting to think, is it because, you know, New England's also in a rebuild? Well, they Um, they also just got uh, Patricia back, unless that was where you're going. No, that's exactly where I was going. So they're in a rebuild, plus Matt Patricia just got hired back, and it almost makes you wonder, it's like, I don't know, 
could that be the reason he didn't want to go? I could see it being that. And Stafford's not a big talker. He's not on social media. So it's not like we'd ever really know. But I just have a gut feeling because no one got along with him. And you could see when he was fired, everyone was hooting and hollering on social media, you know, different players on the t- on the Lions right now. And I just have a feeling that Stafford was probably feeling the same way. So that's another interesting thing, too. Um, maybe he just needs a whole new, like, coaching system. So, and I think Sean McVay will give it to him. Yeah, Sean McVay, I think, is arguably, not arguably, is the best offensive mind that Stafford has had to work with in his career. And... I was wondering, like, what would be the perfect landing spots? Shanahan in San Francisco with the 49ers, I thought would have been a really good spot. The Saints would have been interesting, but the Saints, I think, are some crazy like 90 million over the cap. They're, there's, they're really capped out, so I don't think it would have been possible to trade. And NFL salary numbers are weird of what rolls over, what counts as dead cap, what doesn't count as cap. It's, it's not a super clean process to figure it out, but it, that didn't seem realistic. So I thought Denver might have been interesting because we've seen how Peyton Manning plugged in play there and they still have talent there. But it's a really nice situation and it's he gets to go to L.A. And I know that's the town that a lot of athletes want to try to go to, that they work to try to go to California, to L.A., and of course, now we get to hear all about Stafford and uh, Clayton Kershaw, you know, being buddy buddy together out on the West Coast, right? Like that's just never ever gonna end, and we hear that brought up enough. So, right, as if we haven't heard that enough. I swear that comes up on every broadcast. Like no matter who is calling the Lions games, it is that always gets brought up at some point, which is funny. But I mean, it's interesting. But you know, for us fans that watch every week it's like okay really like <laughs> we hear it so much but it's funny they'll actually be reunited now it's just kind of ironic and uh, it's like the ryan fitzpatrick hey did you know you went to harvard like yes we've heard this for 20 years now we know <laughs> yeah. it yeah exactly and what you were just saying too about how athletes um want to be in la it's the town to be in um it's interesting now to see jared goff who's a california boy went to cal played for the Rams. That's the only team he's been on. And now he's coming to cold Detroit, Michigan. I just wonder how that's going to be. I mean, they indoors, could just, an indoor stadium. Least, yeah, yes. It's not Minnesota. Uh, well, Minnesota, when they had to play at the university of Minnesota following the Metrodome collapse, but you know, Green Bay or Chicago. Yeah. That, that I would be really worried about. Yeah. So thank goodness we're indoors and, uh, yeah, it'll just be different for him, you know, just growing up in the state of California, coming here. But but yeah, I, you just, do have the NFC North matchups, too. So that that will be interesting because you're going to play the right. Bears and the Packers a couple times a year. Right. And I, I guess, I mean, I'm sure he's played in the cold before, but yes, I mean, like against the Packers and um, yeah. So, I mean, he's been in the cold before, but now he's going to have to do it a lot more, um, which will be the struggle. And he just sounds like he's excited to come here. Like, he posted something on social media, I believe, yesterday or the day before, and he just thanked the L.A. Rams organization, but he said, Detroit, here I come. And he just sounds excited. And he had said, um, you know, he's he's excited to be here. He's excited to be around a team that wants him here, which kind of makes you think, you know, what some of the Rams players, you know, their relationship with Goff, kind of interesting so it sounds like Jared kind of wanted out of there anyways so I agree I think this is a kind of a win-win I think Matt will be happy in LA Jared's going to be happy here and you know both teams got something out of it yeah and I think it helps too that he's coming into a energized organization right now with the Detroit with the new hiring of Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn is the offensive coordinator which I think is a solid enough hire and 
everything I'm hearing so far seems to be that they're going to be more matchup specific. So Campbell has talked about how he wants to pound the rock and do all that stuff, which sounds uncomfortably like Patricia, which I'm not really here for. But at the same point in time, it doesn't matter a whole lot if you're just trying to to rebuild and get assets. But Lynn has shown that he can do good things with young quarterbacks. Golf 26 still. I think there is room to grow and develop and not throw as many interceptions. So Justin Herbert really blossomed this year under Lynn. So I think Lynn could do good things under Campbell. And I I think it's a nice fresh start. And either way, it's going to work out for Detroit where either golf plays really well. And then they got a 26 year old quarterback with a bunch of picks or golf doesn't play well and they get to start over and rebuild. Cause I don't think there's enough talent on this roster where the lines could just be mediocre with a good quarterback. It's if they have a, a mediocre quarterback and nothing else on the roster, it's going to be a bad team. If golf falls out, then you no, know, maybe they're an eight and eight team at best. And they realize they can just add a few more pieces and go from there. Yeah, it's it's really all going to depend. This is a this is a very important year, right? You know, looking and seeing how the Rams do, and if they tank for some reason, you know, we'll get a good pick next year. And if Goff tanks, we'll get a good pick as well. So we could potentially get two, you know, high first round picks next year. It really just all depends. But I agree. I it's just. Yeah, I think Anthony Lynn is an awesome hire. And if we're kind of moving into the conversation now of uh, the new coaching staff. And biting man, kneecaps. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Going to punch I, you in the face? Yes. Or no, no. We're going to get punched in the face. That's how that works. Yeah. We're, if they knock us down, we're going to get up. We're going to smile at them. And then we're going to bite off a kneecap. They bite. They they knock us down again. We're gonna get up, smiling at it, smile at them again, and then bite off the other kneecap. And as Dan Campbell says, if they knock us down a third time, we're gonna get up, smile at them, and take a hunk out of them somewhere hunk. else. Not yes. a chunk, a hunk. Yes, that's exactly what he said, hunk. And I said, yep. That this is what I like to see. I gotta say, I am on the Dan Campbell train. I have never seen a coach approach a press conference like he did. I was so fired up and. People may think, you know, this is kind of the words that Patricia had said, too. But I think Dan Campbell brings so much energy, which is what Patricia lacked. He would stand up there every week and and you'd never see the man smile. You'd never see him joke. You'd never hear him say something as outrageous as biting off kneecaps, you know. Unless it was at the detriment of somebody else. Of course. And when he gets all defensive, he just went he just goes back to, well, I called one of the best Super Bowl plays of all time. And, you know, when he goes back to that, which ugh, don't even get me started on Patricia. He just he makes a lot of New people, England can take him. Good. Have fun. No. Yeah. New England can take him back. I don't know, because he obviously I don't think any other team would have taken him back. No. Just looking at what he did with the Lions. It's just oh, my goodness. But I just I love what Detroit is doing this year. I think it, it just made such a big difference to get Chris Spielman involved, Barry Sanders, um, a lot of other like you know, former players or personnel um, involved on this coaching staff now. And with the hiring of Anthony Lynn and gosh, um, let's see, Aaron Glenn from the Saints, who has, you know, been good with, um, let's see, who's on the Saints, their their corners, is it Marshawn Lattimore, um, developing guys like him. And so, yeah, he was the D-backs coach, I think. Um, but yeah, just getting so many different guys from all over the place. And then we're getting John Dorsey, who is the Browns and Chiefs former, um, like 
G I think he was he was the Browns GM, right? And then I forget what he I think he was also like GM or something high with the Chiefs as well. Um and he played a huge role in getting Mahomes and then um same thing with the Browns like with Baker Mayfield and really developing that team there. So I just really like who the Lions are bringing in. It really excites me. And I love Dan's energy. He played here. And I think that's the biggest difference. He understands what it's like to be on it, that he was on the Lions, right? In On the 08 team, when they went 0-16. Like, he understands literally what it means to hit rock bottom. And I think that's what's so important is, like, when you're bringing guys in like Matt Patricia who have no idea what it feels like, he's felt the success with Tom Brady. He hasn't felt what it feels like to hit rock bottom. And I think that's just so important. And I can tell Dan Campbell's passionate. He kept saying, like, we got to bring, like, the mojo back to Motown. And so that's just what fired me up as a fan, as a sports reporter. I just love to see that. Um, so, you know, it's hard to say. We could really struggle this year. You know, he's a first-year head coach. Um, Brad Holmes, our new GM, another guy I'm super excited about. You know, he was the director of um, college scouting for the Rams. So he knows how to find talent, which really excites me. And he knows Jared Goff. So that relationship right there excites me. But just, I don't know, I'm, I just feel really hopeful. I feel like this every year, but this year is just different because they literally are going like through the trenches, a complete rebuild, like blowing it up from the studs in every way, like even getting rid of Matthew Stafford. And I just, I respect that. Like, I just, I see some hope. I don't know. How are you feeling about this? It, so I wanted to hate it. And initially I did. And because... In my head, I was thinking, before the Stafford things came out of him officially done with the organization, which nobody blames him, like, if we were keeping Stafford, Eric Bieniemy, I thought, would have been the perfect coach because they have not gone in on an offensive mind coach for, what, three hires now? Schwartz was defensive, and then Caldwell was a former quarterback coach, but I think he's always been a DB at heart since his college days. <laughs> Patricia was uh, supposed to be a defensive mastermind, but not not so much and, and just wasn't good at anything. So I was hoping for Eric Bieniemy, and I still find it very odd that the that nobody hired him. I mean, the guy's coaching and you can't really take a guy while he's going through the Super Bowl run on playoffs. But you hear about this all the time. And if a team really wanted to hire him, they could have got him and. There are some openings out there that I thought would have been good. And then I thought Ed Dobbs, the executive for the Colts, would have been a really good fit there. I thought it was interesting to take a college scouting person. But I also think with where the lines are at, where you're going to need to get young players and you're going to really need to hit the draft and hit the draft hard to get a college scouting exec in there to, to lead your organization makes a lot of sense at this point in time. So I don't think the only thing that has me pause is giving Campbell a six year contract it does mean that they're really going to stay with him uh, come uh, heck or high water. And he is a first-time head coach in a non-interim basis. He was coaching in an interim basis in 2015 with the Dolphins. And it's great to give rah-rah speeches and things like that. But when things are going bad, that that's not going to really work so well. I mean, there's only so many times you can say, we got to out-tough somebody. And if you're getting blown out 42 to nothing, hey. There, there's other things there so I love the dude nameplate that they put I out did. his office I don't know if you saw that I, it was it took Twitter by storm I think he's gonna be a fun hire 
for everything leading up to the season. And then we, we just got to see how the season goes. I think Anthony Lynn having a former head coach. Yes, the Chargers didn't really have any great success. But to at least have somebody with some experience there to help steady the ship with a up-and-coming head coach. Patricia didn't really have anybody there who would prop him up. Patricia was completely the guy. And I think Campbell, he definitely seems to be both a player coach and a guy who is like, okay, this might not be something I specifically know uh, because he he wasn't a coordinator with the Saints. He was an assistant coach handling other responsibilities. So I think him being aware enough to say, look, I want to bring in these really smart guys for the defensive end, for the offense, all of that, and I'm going to let them do what they need to do. I think that's a positive sign, and that shows that you're not worried about ego. You're just worried about building. So is it the ideal hire for me? No. Uh, that, that was a very long way to say that. Do I think that it has potential to work out? Yes, and with a six-year contract, he's going to get at least four years to really reshape the roster uh, with the new executive and with the new staff and advising. I mean, Spielman is taking a huge part in here. The, the lines have really switched from, hey, we're going to hire the guy who's designing airplanes and has the pencil behind his ear and doesn't really relate to players to we're bringing in former players who are young enough too. I mean, he's 44 not not as young as Sean McVay, who is 35, which, can we just talk about how Sean McVay is like 34, 35, and has already been to the Super Bowl, and uh, what have I been doing with my 20s? But <laughs> I think 44, he, obviously he's still young enough, energetic enough, where I don't think he's going to have really any issue connecting with his players, and I don't think he's going to be out of touch, so... I think there is potential for this yeah, to work I, out really well. I completely well. see exactly what you're saying, and I agree with a lot of those reasons. The reason I'm so just excited and feel a little different is just the energy he brings, something we obviously haven't had with Patricia at the helm. But I see what you're saying. He doesn't have even a coordinator experience, head coaching, none of that. But what I do like is that he's been an assistant head coach under Sean Payton, who's great as it is, been to a Super Bowl. And I just, you know, him coaching a lot of great players on the Saints and Drew Brees and, um, you know, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, you know, Taysom Hill. I could keep going. They have a lot of um, great talent on that roster. And I just, I think Sean Payton's a great coach. He's a player's coach, but he's also a good X's and O's coach. And I think a lot of players respect him. So for Dan Campbell to sit under him the last five years or so, um, I think I think is good, and I that I have a little bit of hope in that that he's been able to kind of maybe take away some of Sean Payton's coaching style, um, and yeah, what you said about the six year contract that surprised me, and I think it surprised everyone as well. Um, you know, it's a long time, and it just it does show that the Lions are in this for the long haul, and if they want to commit to someone, they are going to do it. So. I think it shows how much trust they have in him. I know they interviewed a lot of people and. Um, you know, I've, yeah, maybe Eric Bieniemy um, had a bad interview. I don't really know. I'm kind of shocked too. So, so yeah, some people had said that he wasn't interviewing great, but that's not the first time I've heard that with uh, coaching candidates. Like they didn't interview great, but it's one of those things too, where if someone's resume is really, really strong and you see that they've achieved at the highest level and they have all this great experience, What's a better indicator of success? Is it just, hey, this guy, like, hey, I really liked talking with him in the interview, or everybody's worked with said he's says he's fantastic. He 
has been in the best place in the best organization, we could take him. Yeah. So it, it's just weird that he didn't wind up landing anywhere else. Yeah, I know. I It's interesting. I don't know if people have the mindset of like, um, you know, he, gosh, I'm looking at his um, kind of his resume here. He was the running backs coach with the Chiefs from 2013 to 2017 and then became the offensive coordinator in 2018 and is obviously still in that position today. I wonder if people think, you know, he – you know, with Andy Reid as the mastermind of that team, was the enemy just put into a great system, um, you know, with Mahomes there and all the offensive weapons that they have. Um, I wonder if people just question kind of his sort of thing too because he's never been a head coach. But then at the same time, Dan Campbell never has either. He's never even been a coordinator. So it's interesting. I- yeah, he's been a tight end coach, which, hey, we, we got Jesse James and, you know, a million other tight ends. And the last couple tight ends, the lines have drafted, Pettigrew and Ebron didn't work out. So maybe we can get production <laughs> out of that. Exactly. I know. That is funny. Yeah, Jesse James doesn't do anything for the amount of money that we pay him. And so it seems like Hawkinson. Yeah, what happened to the two tight end sets that New England loved to run? Anyways, anyway, <laughs> yeah. we're, I'm, I'm not, I promise I'm not going to harp on this anymore. But just going through the the head coaching openings, uh, Robert Sala with the Jets. Love that hire. I think Sala, great defensive coordinator. I think the Jets finally get somebody competent because the last thing they did was hire hired a fired Miami coach. Uh, Brandon Staley, yeah, that's okay with the Chargers. Arthur Smith, fine. Urban Meyer, that's going to be real interesting in Jacksonville. Um, Sam Serrani with the Eagles, he gets to go into an awful situation with who knows what quarterback he's going to get to play with and have their David Colley with Texans. That place is on fire. So none of these situations are ideal. I think maybe the Chargers really, if I'm looking at it, you've got a young quarterback right there with Herbert, that that, that might have made a lot of sense to see, hey, let's just take these schemes we see Mahomes in and put him in that, maybe with the Falcons, and see what you can get out of Matt Ryan. But I don't know. If, if you've got a good situation, too, if like, hey, I can go to the Super Bowl and just wait for the right opening, wait for the right spot, maybe something shakes out where there's a star quarterback somewhere with a new organization, and I can move in there, as opposed to going to Jacksonville or the Texans or things like that, or Philadelphia, maybe that could play a part in it. It's just, if this continues to happen where he doesn't get a job, uh, which has been, what, two three years in a row now uh, it's getting fishy yeah i don't know there's got to be something some reason why he's not getting hired as a the rooney role anywhere the what but the rooney role the nfl track record of hiring with minorities isn't the greatest but robert saul is also the first i believe muslim head coach in the nfl so you never know yeah i would have loved salah really liked it because he was from dearborn michigan he grew up watching Barry Sanders and the Lions during their prime years. He knows what we've been through. Again, like how Campbell, you know, was on the team here a few years, understands it. I would have loved Salah, but hey, it happens, and I, I'm anxious to see what Campbell does. So, so if you're gonna give it an, let's let's give some just grades here. We're gonna go back to school. I don't know if you ever still have the nightmares. You, you have an exam that you've never studied for. This isn't quite that because I think we've both been studying for this quite extensively. So I'm going to grade the Rams first. And if I'm going to give the Rams a grade, I think it's a B. I think they probably gave up a lot to get Stafford, and he'd probably want to get 
one of those first-round picks back. And who knows, but they got to get rid of Goff's contract without having to do anything crazy with it while getting a quarterback. So I think that's overall a really solid move. What do you think of overall for the Rams? I think I'm right there with you. B, B plus range. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, for them, they've, I, I forget the stat, they've given up like the last, I don't know, four first round picks or something and are continuing to give them up through like 2025 or something. I don't know if you saw that. They've given yeah, they, up. They just don't care about first round picks. No, they it, don't. It's just going to free candy, throw it at everybody. I know. So it's really And nothing. it's working. Yeah. They're, they're winning. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. So that's really nothing different for them. Um, I, you know, as a Matt Stafford fan and a believer, um, I think they're getting a really great quarterback and, yeah, I mean, giving up a third-round pick this year isn't horrible. Um, you know, it'll just – if they don't do well next year and the year after, then it's going to maybe come back and bite them a little bit because we're going to get their, you know, higher picks or whatever in the first round. So I think I'm right there with you, like BB-plus range. And then for the Lions – it's an A minus. Like they got a bigger haul. Everything else I was seeing is maybe one first round pick, if that. Looking at some seconds, and who knows when it was going to convey. Maybe it'd be a late one this year. And yeah, bird in the hand is better than one in the bush. But I think the overall potential with this package is really good. Do I love Goff's contract? No. But they only have to pay him for two years, and then they have an opt out after that. So if it goes horribly, I mean, he, he tanks the team. They get really high-end picks they can probably find their next quarterback quite easily if they really want to with all the assets they have here they can trade up so yeah that the, the only thing I could complain about is Goff's contract and even that it's not terrible for a 26 year old quarterback whose numbers are only slightly down from Stafford sure why not yeah I think I'm right with you not to not be original here but I, I agree with you I think on the A- minus that um, the Lions are getting a lot out of it with three picks and a quarterback. I mean, more than, more than the Rams got, all they got was Stafford. So, you know, I think um, I I'm hoping those two first round picks in the next two years really do us well. And maybe Goff will, you know, get back up on the upward trajectory here um, this coming season. It'll, like I said earlier, it'll be a really big test for the future of this team, whether it's worth paying him and keeping him around or investing those um, first round picks the following years into a different quarterback. So um, yeah, I think the lions honestly did well. I'm not mad about it. And it's, it's one of the first things the lions have done in a long time that I'm pretty happy about. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and who knows what the receiving court is going to look like either. Kenny Galladay, it's possible he's out of here. Uh, Marvin Jones, all of that, the running back situation, Swift, Carrion Johnson, Peterson was really the biggest back the whole year, uh, which is a very odd thing for 2020, considering how long that man's been playing. So there, there's a lot of things that those picks could go towards seeing. And I think it's also interesting too. you see your first round picks a lot of the time and the high end. It's going to be your O-lineman or your quarterback. And those are very hit and miss. And then maybe you have your star defensive player. And those guys usually seem to, to hit really well. But later round, later in the first round, you just go find talent and you can find receivers there that are going to re- be really good. You can get, find guys in the secondary or your linebacking core or your line. And I, I think there's a lot of potential to cash that in. 
Now, speaking of cashing it in, there are some really, really big crazy bets. I think I just saw something about someone put $3.47 million on Tampa Bay to cover, uh, which is now uh, Michigan sports betting's opened up. It, it's crazy. I'm not doing anything crazy with sports betting right now and, and all that stuff because, A, I have no idea who I would even want to put money on with this matchup. Do I go against Tom Brady, who is more likely to go to the Super Bowl than throw a pick? Or do I go with Mahomes and the unstoppable juggernaut of Kansas City? Yeah, hard to say because, you know, Bucks have home field advantage, which I don't think that has ever happened in history. Right? First time in the history of the Super Bowl. I don't know about the pre-Super Bowl era, but for the Super Bowl era, it's the first time ever. Yeah, which is crazy. So automatically you kind of want to think, okay, home field advantage is always, you know, gives a team a little bit of a leg up. But this, I think this is a great matchup, and it's hard because it's like, the best offense versus the best defense. And there's a lot of different things at stake here. You know, if there's one team that could beat the Chiefs, it's the Bucks, based on their defense alone. And it really caused trouble last weekend against the Packers. Oh, my goodness. Aaron Rodgers couldn't always handle it. You know, you had Jason Pierre-Paul coming at him like a bat out of heck, I'll say. I won't swear on here. Um, and I think, you know, if the Bucs could do that to Mahomes, that's going to cause a lot of trouble. Um, but then on the other side, you know, Mahomes has an unbelievable offense. And, you know, a lot of the time it's too much to handle. And you have Andy Reid leading the charge there. And they're explosive. And, you know, you got Mahomes. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Tyreek Hill, who is so fast. You got McCole Hardman. I mean, they just have an unbelievable offensive roster full of weapons. And... You know, I just, Mahomes, to me, he can bring a team back in it better than anyone else. Brady, who's, what, 45, 46 years old, um, he's still got a lot left in him, but I think Mahomes is kind of replicating an early Tom Brady, what Tom Brady could do earlier in his career. And I think, you know, looking at last year's Super Bowl, the Niners outplayed the Chiefs for like a good three quarters, and Mahomes brought the team back in it and won. So I just, I kind of feel like the Chiefs are going to do it, even though it's in Tampa Bay. I just, I don't know. I'm kind of going with the Chiefs, kind of two times the charm, just because I know what Mahomes can do just on the field. He's just, he's crazy. He can, he can do anything. He can do sidearm passes, backwards this, whatever. Like that man is just, it's unbelievable what he can do with a football. And uh, I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, I've been thinking about who I actually think will win, but putting all those stats and facts kind of down on paper and really looking at it, I just, I, I'm going with the Chiefs. But I will say, I think it's going to be a really close score. Like, if the Bucks are leading, I think it could be kind of another, like, 2019 Super Bowl sort of thing, um, or like 2019 slash 20 Super Bowl last year's um, same sort of thing where the Chiefs come back. I don't know. That's that's what my gut's telling me. What do you feel? Yeah, it's not going to be turning into the Falcons where they, you know, they blow a 27-3 lead. No. I don't think it's going to be that cuz I don't think either team is going to be completely kept off the board. I think last uh well, last 2 weeks ago, the matchup between the Chiefs and the Bills is going to be a very interesting like a barometer for this. The Bills came in to the postseason with an incredible offense and a really solid defense. And I think what happened is you just got these young coaches 
who got really scared and they played it casual. Same thing with Green Bay with Lafleur. He just just like, yeah, you know what? Let's just not put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands with the the possibility to win. Let's let's try to stop Tom Brady and then put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands and have him to go the length of the field to score to try to win. No, uh, they, they they tried to play it very safe and they got snake bitten. I don't think either of these coaches between Bruce Arians and Andy Reid, neither guy is going to be scared. And so I think it's going to be, to some extent, a shootout. Tampa, I would say, has the better potential in defense, but Mahomes, his arm at the very least is arguably the best arm in NFL history. Just what we have seen him do. The the dude can throw like a 70-yard pass into a target the size of a grapefruit and and just just absolutely obliterate people with that. He was dinged up the against the Bills, supposedly had a toe injury. Uh, you know, are you running, well, hey, is that going to mess up his mechanics? Is it going to uh, impact how he moves in and out of the pocket? No, not a problem at all. So Brady, he's only 43, not 45. Um, uh, but it, it feels like he is that old. And he threw a couple picks against Green Bay. I'd imagine that those turnovers from Brady are probably going to pop up again here. He's going to try to do what he needs to do to win it. And going against Mahomes, what else can you do besides just pray? So I could see Tampa Bay definitely jumping out. The Chiefs have had multiple games now where they've fallen behind by at least nine points and then worked to come back. So I could see that happening again. Very much so, actually. I I would bet on it. But... It's got to be the Chiefs. There's just no way I see that this offense really, truly being stopped. And I just don't think that Tom Brady is able to out-duel Patrick Mahomes. That's what it's going to come down to. Both teams have solid defenses. There's some interesting things they can do with the run game. They have good receiving cores. But if it's just straight up Tom Brady at 43 versus Patrick Mahomes right now, who has not even hit his peak, that that's that. That's it. it, it it's got to be Mahomes. Right. That's it right there. You just laid it out perfectly. It's a duel between the two quarterbacks and there's just no way you can bet against Mahomes. I mean, the only way to stop him is if Tampa Bay's defense is just absolutely getting to him and putting the pressure on because we could see that with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't even know how many sacks were in that game, but just you could just see um, how the Bucks defense was was getting to to Aaron and, you know, his offensive line. And I just... I don't know. I just feel like you just can't bet against Mahomes and what the Chiefs can do. They can just – he's unbelievable, the raw talent that Mahomes has and his weapons. Tyreek Hill is just so fast. Can't stop the man. Travis Kelsey, great as well. I mean, I just – I don't know. My gut feeling is, uh, you know, two years in a row now for, for the Chiefs. So I wanted to ask you too, though, you were talking about uh, some bets earlier. I haven't taken a look because I don't sports bet, but I think it's kind of funny <laughs> looking at them. And there's even crazy ones for the Super Bowl, like betting on what color Gatorade is going to be dumped on the coach's head, like of whoever wins, like even crazy ones like that. I don't know if you have like a betting website up right now, but it'd just be funny to kind of list some of the funny ones. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you you inspired me. I'm like, oh, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the first one, according to Vegas odds, Looking at the different options here, a uh, clip of John Gruden to be shown during the broadcast. Odds negative uh, one fifty. So how how this works? If you're if you're new to this, the if you're going with money line, which is what they're doing here, it's negative is so if I put up a hundred dollars, negative one fifty means I would get a hundred fifty back. If I see a plus there, 
uh, it's plus 110. It takes $110 to win $100 back. So negative 150, that's still, that's not a crazy out there. We're looking at the odds for uh, color of liquid being poured on a winning coach. Looks like the favorite to win it is orange followed by reddish pink followed by yellow green and lime it's kind of interesting how there's not a way to really distinct i mean colors of gatorade we're like yeah it's got it's one of those and how many times will bill belichick be mentioned uh that's one as well how many times will joe biden be mentioned uh that'll come up there coin toss of course uh that's uh even heads or tails what will first be said covid or pandemic because it's (laughs) 2021 right um or covid or mask and of course the traditional will an mvp say disney in a speech (laughs) now the really interesting thing there will be disney world is open right now disneyland is not so will they say disney in a speech and will they say the right one and also what do teams really want players to travel in the off season? I mean, this this is all going to be a complete mess right now, with teams trying to keep everybody safe and to see what if that impacts into the upcoming year. I mean, Jacksonville had a really solid running back that they thought they were going to have who missed the whole year because of uh, COVID complications. So that's not really the most uplifting way to end it, but. Uh, there's all sorts of crazy things out there like you know how long will the weekend's halftime show be will the weekend come out with bandages on his face because he's been walking around with bandages as a part of his prop and then he had some plastic surgery out there uh who's going to make an appearance during the super bowl halftime show uh all, all of those things so probably there's even bets on the ads though that might not be betting on an ad is just a weird 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 circle of money yeah i feel like that kind of i don't even know how that would work like what even would like the bets be or whatever like what would the i don't even understand like what uh you know i'm trying to think like what how what could you even bet on for an ad or a commercial like how long will Budweiser's ad be or like you know i don't know so for last year they had ones where it's like what one will pop up first budweiser Oh, okay. And Bud Light, um, Budweiser or Bud Light, or Cheetos versus Heinz Ketchup, Coke versus Pepsi, and gotcha. um, oh gosh, another one, Donald Trump or Michael Bloomberg. I for, I completely <laughs> forgot about Michael Bloomberg buying up everything. Oh, that was that was something. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, it looks to be a lot of who will pop up first in either or in similar categories. Uh, avocados from Mexico or planters. Avocados from Mexico is, Mexico is not actually advertising this year. Uh, that's been another interesting wrinkle. To my knowledge, we're not going to have any Budweiser Clydesdales oh, because they are taking that money and I think putting it towards like COVID relief charities. There's still going to be Bud Light, but the Budweiser Clydesdales, a tradition unlike any other, will not be there this year. And I'm very sad because I don't know about you, but I am very partial to the Clydesdale and the the cute dogs doing cute things with the horses yes oh my gosh i realized after i used that as an example that yeah i saw budweiser is not doing any commercials which makes me sad because i look forward to those as i'm sure you do like who doesn't love the cute puppies and the beautiful horses you know they're always just such cute commercials so i'll be sad but i'm sure there'll be other good ones too you know there's always my favorite right now I've only seen one right now, I think, ahead of time. I've not actively been seeking out Super Bowl commercials. Uh, some years, they've been you've kind of been spammed online. But I think leaving it on this note, it's, uh, have you seen the Michael B. Jordan Alexa commercial? 
No, I haven't. So, uh, pro tip for all of you out there who are uh, a part of the WILX family, and we very much appreciate you, you can ask your Alexa, what's the news? And you can hear David Andrews or uh, Mallory or any one of our incredible anchors, and they will tell you the news on your Alexa. So, I, I found a way to tie this all in. But the Michael B. Jordan commercial is... The people are sitting around this sphere, this Alexa sphere. It's this sphere, and they're like, oh, well, what thing will Alexa be in next? Because this thing looks amazing. And this woman walks over the window, and she sees an ad for the upcoming Michael B. Jordan, Tom Clancy movie. And so then she pictures, what if Michael B. Jordan was her personal Alexa? And so it's her asking all these different questions, like, you know, read me a story, or dim the lights, or things like that. And (laughs) it's... It's really good. So I, I'd recommend all of you out there uh, who doesn't want to see Michael B. Jordan being the most Michael B. Jordan he possibly can be in the best ways. And hey, I had no idea he had a, a Tom Clancy action movie coming out this year. I think it actually comes out either in February or in March, and that'll be on Amazon Prime. And so as someone who's been like really, really thirsting for new movies and really been missing all the blockbusters, I will be very happy to watch Michael B. Jordan uh, on Amazon Prime very soon. Oh, I'll have to tune into that. I'll have to watch the commercial. And yes, about movies, I have really missed, yes, the good blockbuster movies. I've been trying to find good ones on Netflix, Hulu, but I've just struggled. Like, they come out every once in a while, and I'm just ready for movies to come back. So I'll have to, I didn't know that he was uh, coming out in this new movie, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, I think the big thing we'll see this year will probably will be all the streaming shows because all there's no new movies coming out because they've all been pushed back from the last year and a half. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see some cool new like Marvel surprises. There's like a new uh, Black Panther spinoff in the works that's going to come to Disney Plus. So, hey, maybe Michael B. Jordan will pop up in that. I know. Gosh, I'm loving Disney Plus and I'm a Marvel fan. My whole family is. So <laughs> we love Marvel stuff. And I guess they have like nine different series coming out. Like it's crazy. Um, I haven't, I watched the first episode of WandaVision. I don't know if you've seen that. I don't know if you have Disney plus, but we don't have to get on this tangent now. This can be for the next talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll save it. It's just WandaVision. It was very interesting. Cause I think it goes three episodes deep with the sitcom and then episode four kind of pulls the curtain back from the other point of view. And so I think I really, really liked the first two episodes kind of being the, I love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke show. And I thought it was really cute. The third episode, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for for us to to move past this 70s themed. Uh, I I don't even know what that is because that's that's not my wheelhouse. And I mean, they're all very directly inspired by very specific sitcoms as they move through the decades. But I'm very excited now that episode four is kind of like, all right, we're going to pour gas on this. So I think it's going to continue to build. And so I'm excited. I'm really excited for for everything coming out in Disney Plus, Star Wars, Marvel. So much to talk about, and <laughs> I'm gonna. I think we'll we'll cut it off there before this snowballs into uh, anything else. We got a weather alert coming out today. I don't know if you saw that, so uh, we'll, we'll let everyone get bundled up and prepped up. You've got winter sports coming your way, so I'm gonna let you get to work. So, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on to talk Lions trade, the new Lions hire, Super Bowl, and everything else. Uh, what can people be checking out? What are you working on right now? So today, the Michigan State men's basketball team is having a press conference this afternoon. So I will be hopping on that, um, trying to find some different story ideas. I mean, the main one right now is that Michigan State basketball is struggling. And gosh, after the Iowa game, I believe the announcer said 
Michigan State hasn't been two and seven in the Big Ten since, gosh, I don't want to botch this, but it was many, many years ago. I believe it was like 1969-70 that season. I mean, it has been that long. The Spartans have not been um, off to this worse of a start, but it's hard because the Big Ten is a force to be reckoned with. Um, so yeah, that's something I'll be looking into today and probably doing a story on, you know, maybe why these struggles have been happening, what they're looking to improve on, um, you know, because the Iowa game was very close, but unfortunately couldn't get it done. And so that's something I'll probably be working on today. Um, and another big thing is that the state of Michigan is supposed to be un- making some sort of announcement at 1.30, right now it's 12.30, um, about high school contact sports. So another, our other sports reporter, Kellen Buddy, I believe is on that story today. Um, so that could be big news here in the state of Michigan. So that's, that's really what's going on uh, today. And where can everybody follow you? Everyone can follow me on Twitter at Natalie Kerwin one. So just the number one, um, you can find me on Facebook. I have a reporting page on there. It's just W I L X Natalie Kerwin. Um, I'm on Instagram as well, which is just at Natalie Kerwin. So I guess on all three of those websites, if you just type in Natalie Kerwin, you should find me. Well, Natalie, I can't wait to see what's happening. sounds like there's a lot coming up, so I'll let you get to the press conference. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Again, that was WILX News 10's Natalie Kerwin being incredibly gracious to make time for us today here on the Sports Blitz podcast. So that's going to do it. Going to have a huge guest coming up for you with instant Super Bowl reaction on Monday. Looking very much forward to that. Recording on Monday, and hopefully we'll have that up for you first thing on Tuesday, along with the latest happenings in Michigan State basketball. Have they been able to bounce back for the weekend and all of that? And to make sure you're going to get the latest from WILX News 10 and the Sports Blitz podcast, please make sure to subscribe to us. We're available on all of your podcast apps. So whether that's Google Play or iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those places, you can find the WILX Sports Blitz podcast. So please give us a review, like it. It's going to be huge as we're working to develop this. We're coming back with a vengeance. We're going to have the whole team with us from Tim Stout to Kellen Buddy and more. So Thank you so much for listening. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at jgustin113. That's J-G-U-S-T-I-N, numeral one, numeral one, numeral three on Twitter. You can find a lot of Michigan State retweets, Pistons commentary, and the latest reactions to the most recent Marvel episode of WandaVision or whatever be next up, which is going to be quite a lot. So again, thank you so much for listening. Have a very happy and safe Super Bowl. I know I'm going to eat a lot of food. Just talking to Natalie uh, a moment ago, and she said that that's that's always the big part. That's the big tradition. Maybe I'll find a really good buffalo dip. Oh, well, I I can't wait. So I'm hungry now. I'm going to go take care of that. Thank you guys so much for taking care of us, and I'll talk to you next time.